Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Monday, December 25th. We'll be discussing the 10 most significant science stories of 2023 and a Japanese astronaut's likely moon landing in a U.S.-led program. Plus, scientists have unveiled a methane-munching monster that's 100 million times faster than nature, and we'll be looking into the glaring inequity in international science collaborations. This coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Science Station. Please enjoy today's selection of science news. 2023 was a whirlwind year for science, with headlines ranging from the expiration of the coronavirus public health emergency to the discovery of a brilliant green comet in the sky. Charlotte, can you give us a rundown of the major science events and discoveries of this year? Absolutely, Diego. One of the most fascinating discoveries was the evidence that ancient Native Americans didn't just migrate to North America, but also made their way back to Eurasia. This was based on a study that analyzed ancient DNA from 10 Eurasian individuals who lived 500 to 7,500 years ago. Their analysis shows that humans with Native American lineages traveled as far away as Kamchatka and central Siberia, likely returning from North America to Asia roughly 5,000 years ago. That's fascinating. What about in the realm of artificial intelligence? I understand there were some significant developments there as well. Yes, indeed. 2023 was a breakout year for artificial intelligence. It found uses in everything from medicine to wildlife biology. For example, AI was used to help forecast when birds took to the skies, which can help officials determine when to turn off building lights to prevent bird strikes. However, experts also warned of the need to regulate the rapidly advancing technology due to concerns about the potential spread of misinformation, manipulation of humans, and alterations to the job market. And what about the climate? I understand 2023 was the hottest year on record. Yes, climate change continued to generate plenty of headlines. 2023 was indeed the hottest year on record. Amid intensifying natural disasters, world leaders gathered in Dubai for the 28th United Nations Climate Change Conference, or COP28. The proceedings closed with a landmark deal that made the first-ever global commitment to transition away from fossil fuels, but several experts criticized the text for not going far enough. It's clear that 2023 was a significant year for science, and thanks for your insights, Charlotte. Continuing on the theme of significant developments, a Japanese astronaut is likely to land on the moon as part of the U.S.-led Artemis Lunar Exploration Program. Charlotte, can you share more about this exciting news? Absolutely, Diego. This is a historic moment for Japan. If successful, Japan would become only the second country to send an astronaut to the moon. Japan announced its participation in the Artemis program in 2019, and its contributions include supplying the HTVX unmanned cargo transport vehicle and developing a lunar rover. So this isn't just about landing an astronaut on the moon, but also about contributing to the overall lunar exploration program, right? That's correct, Diego. In fact, Toyota Motor Corp. is playing a leading role in the development of a high-performance exploration vehicle for long-term activities on the moon. In return for Tokyo's contribution to the space program, Washington is offering the opportunity for at least one Japanese astronaut to land on the moon. There are also negotiations for a second Japanese astronaut to land on the moon. What's the timeline we're looking at for this mission? Japan is aiming for a moon landing in the late 2020s. Meanwhile, the United States plans to send Americans to the moon in 2025, marking the first people on the moon since the Apollo program half a century ago. 
From 2028 onwards, the U.S. plans to send astronauts to the moon once a year. This is certainly a giant leap for mankind, and thanks for the update, Charlotte. In a related stride towards progress, our world grappling with climate change has seen a significant development in the fight against methane, a potent greenhouse gas. Scientists have unveiled a methane-munching monster that breaks down methane at a rate 100 million times faster than nature. Charlotte, could you break down this discovery for us? Absolutely, Diego. Methane is a potent greenhouse gas, and its rapid breakdown is crucial in our fight against climate change. The researchers have used chlorine and UV light to create a chain reaction that breaks down methane. This process mimics how nature breaks down methane, but it does so at a rate that's 100 million times faster. The process occurs in a reactor where the methane is processed. That's quite a breakthrough. Can you tell us more about the implications of this discovery? This discovery has significant implications for our fight against climate change. Methane is a potent greenhouse gas with a global warming potential 25 times greater than that of carbon dioxide over a 100-year period. By accelerating the breakdown of methane, we can significantly reduce its impact on global warming. However, it's important to note that this is just one piece of the puzzle. We still need to address the sources of methane emissions, such as agriculture and fossil fuel production and use. Indeed, a significant step forward, but there's still a long way to go. And thanks for your insights, Charlotte. Speaking of progress, global research collaborations are a crucial part of scientific advancement. However, a recent supplement by the Nature Index on global north-south research collaborations suggests that there's a significant gap in equity. Charlotte, could you delve into this issue for us? Absolutely, Diego. The data is quite stark. Of the articles published between 2015 and 2022 in the 82 natural science journals tracked by the index, only 2.7% featured collaborations between scientists in higher income and lower income countries. And even in these articles, there were on average three authors from richer countries for every one author from a poorer country. In fact, only 24 articles involved collaborations exclusively between researchers in poorer nations out of half a million articles. That's a striking disparity. How does the Nature Index categorize these countries? The Nature Index uses the World Bank's income groups to divide countries into two categories, the Global North, which includes high-income and upper-middle-income countries, and the Global South, comprising lower-middle-income and low-income nations. In the articles featuring North-South collaboration, almost half of the author contributions came from just five wealthy countries, China, France, Germany, the UK, and the US. In contrast, 42 African countries had a collective contribution amounting to less than 20% of that of India. This inequity is quite alarming. What steps are being taken to address this imbalance? The Nature Index is broadening the scope of the subjects it covers and considering the publications and other venues through which Global South researchers share their work. There's also a push for funders and publishers to not allow the status quo to continue. The Africa Charter for Transformative Research Collaborations, launched in July, calls for publishers to do more to recognize research and collaboration by the continent's scientists and to allow countries in the Global South to drive their own knowledge creation. There's also a need for more training partnerships that help to build resources in lower-income countries and for journals to enact policies to prevent helicopter or parachute research, where scientists from rich countries exploit local expertise or resources. It's clear that there's a lot of work to be done to level the global research playing field. And thanks for shedding light on this issue, Charlotte. With that, we wrap up our stories for today on Current Radio, and we look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow.